welcome to the clutter queen here i talk about all things that make up the disability world and in short make us different unique or beautifully weird here we embrace all of what makes us us My original plan was I was going to interview one of my friends who um, like struggled and struggles with panic disorder, anxiety, and overall anxiety disorder, general anxiety. We had a plan to meet today. However, plans change. That's fine. So, but I made a promise myself that I record every weekend no matter what. So I was okay, well, I'll just record her a different day and I'll record myself today because, um, you know, I just keep my promises to myself. Um, I think that everyone should, like if you make a promise to yourself, keep it. So that's why I'm doing it today. So here we are. Also, yes, I'm on video now. Before I was like, I wanna be only on audio cause I don't wanna focus to be like on me. like. I don't want that to be a thing where like people are looking at me talk like I'd rather just do audio that way it's just in your headphones but I realize also people are on YouTube and YouTube's a big, a big thing I don't want to be a YouTuber never has been my thing but I know in the podcast industry that's just what people do so I have to get used to that um good news good news, good news. So, yeah I'm trying to do a thing where like I share good news first before I even go into my spiel so good th- good news is is that um, I have an interview for a job this Monday, so November, sorry, 14th. So interview for a job. It, it's it's a big, big girl job, big girl salary. So I'm hoping to get this job. I'm not hoping. I will get this job. But that leads me to my topic because I want to talk about anxiety and especially anxiety that can be debilitating to yourself and to your career. Because um, anxiety is a disability. Um, it's categorized as one if it's like a specific, like OCD, um, what else? I know OCD is a form of anxiety disorder. So anxiety does fall in the category of disabilities, especially when it comes to like extreme anxiety where the point where you can even leave your house, disability. So I said, okay, it ties into my whole entire podcast topic. I'm just going to it because I feel like, especially young people, we all have our anxiety, um, anxiety eras, you know? So I'll start with mine just to kind of go into detail about it and the history of it. So basically, I say I first discovered anxiety like I first felt the symptoms of it when I was my first year of college at Kent State like it was this weird feeling like I didn't know what it was because like it wasn't like my school or my family or my friends we didn't discuss we discussed like certain things like and probably in class the depression anxiety but never in detail never the point where like people talked about their own experiences with it never discussed so I was like okay so I was my first year of college at Kent State um new environment new people no 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 so anxiety yes would be a big issue so um 
I remember like feeling almost like I was always out of breath, especially when I was talking to people. Like I was always trying to catch my breath. And it wasn't like I had asthma. It wasn't like I was like, like you know, like winded, like I was out of shape. I mean, I was a little overweight, but new topic. Um, but I was just, I just felt like I was exhausted from talking. Like, and I was experiencing, and I, I, I just realized that I was experiencing that. Um, like I was carrying that same trait for a long time. Now I take my time when I'm talking because I have to. But um, yeah, and I was like, okay. But I just thought maybe I was just, I knew it was like probably nerves, but I didn't know what is anxiety. Cause like my, I think back then anxiety to me was just like this weird thing that happened that related to like fear of something. Like I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it means. Fast forward to year 2019, I want to say going into COVID year 2020. Um, I remember what happened. I went to a speech therapist to work on cluttering because I wanted to figure that out. And I remember like reading to her passages, um, talking to her, like having like our first assessment session about her speech therapy. Went, read a little passage to her, da 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 da. And she was like, I feel like what you're experiencing is anxiety in terms of like the out of breath talking, the fast rate talking, the tiredness. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Cause I was like, anxiety, no. Cause I didn't know, I just had this like negative picture in my head of what anxiety was. Like I didn't know what it was. And so when she said that, I was like, no, I don't need therapy. Like that's not even in my bag right now, like no. <laughs> mind you I did because <laughs> yeah I did I really did so anyway fast forward year 2020 um COVID everyone was on little issues and I remember what happened I remember I like I think I took I went I, I did therapy I did online therapy and my first therapist sucked she sucked sorry but it is what it is. She was terrible. Not because I think it's because she didn't like, she didn't understand me. Like we just didn't have the same, like we just didn't bond. Like she was a good person, but the bonding, the actual help that I needed. Tomato, tomato, zero. Um, so I was like, all right, let me just get a new therapist. Because it also happened was she kept canceling on me. Like I was scheduled, I would be having like really bad, like almost anxiety attacks. And I would text her like, hey, I need to come see you. Like, where you at girl? And she'd be like, oh yeah, like come on this day. That day came around. I text her like, on my way. She canceled on me. She'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I'm going to get surgery done on my knee. What? Like, I swear to God, like that happened to me three or four times with her. Like, I swear. So one day I was like, you know what? I texted her. I said, you know, I like you, but I feel like I need help. And if you can't be there for me, then this has to end because I'm not going to sit here and keep scheduling um, appointment appointments with you. Right. And you can't show up for me. So I had to let her go. And she understood. So, so I went to somebody else. Um same company different counselor me and her clicked boom it was perfect and that's the thing when you try to when you're trying to find therapists for anxiety or whatever you know disorder you have 
Um, the first, oh, my dad's calling. This is why I record at the library, because <clears throat> my dad interrupted me, so I had to um, just restart. So basically, sorry, um, like I was saying before, finding a therapist that matches you is important. So, you know, make sure you find a therapist that actually, that you're going to get along with um, and that you're going to like. That's really important. I mean, it's just like trying to find a good hairstylist or a good lash tech or a good nail tech. It takes time. So luckily I got lucky with mine. Me and her are really close. Um, I haven't had a session in a while just because I've been busy and she's been busy. But um, in terms of like help, she's been very, very helpful. Like she was a catalyst for a lot of things that I'm doing today. So that was great. So back to topic. So basically with anxiety, first things first, it's not something that you have to suffer from. Let me explain that. Anxiety, people take on that identity like, oh, I'm anxious. Oh, I'm, I'm nervous. Oh, I can't be around too many people. It's like when you start telling yourself that over and over and over again, what's going to happen? You're going to act that way. So the first things first, you cannot take on the identity of you being an anxious person because no one in this world is born anxious you're not you're not born depressed you're not born anxious you might have you might be predisposed to experiencing those things but in terms of you being born anxious doesn't happen it doesn't happen no one's born depressed so it's not something that has to occur if you work at it a lot of people don't want to work at it. A lot of people either would smoke weed all day or drink on weekends or all day just to feel quote unquote normal or good. I'm just going to be honest with that. I have nothing against smoking or drinking. I don't. I don't do it myself. But I will say that if you're using drugs and alcohol or weed to feel good or feel normal, it's not going to be good. It, like, Because the thing is, is like, what happens when those things are gone? There might come a time, a time where weed is banned or alcohol is banned. I'm just speaking hypothetically here. There might be a time. Well, it might be a time where it's like you've been drinking so much that you're starting to get liver cancer. Or you're starting to like, your health is deteriorating. Even with smoking weed, it's like sometimes people smoke weed out of... um. What is it backwards? I don't know anymore. That's tobacco that can lead to cancer. So it's like, if you are going to indulge in these certain things, activities, um, again, they're not bad. I'm not saying they're bad things. Just know the risk that may come with that. Rather than you could just like deal with what's going on instead. That way you don't have to use alcohol, weed, drugs, whatever as a crutch to feel better. Because it's just like these things could always, you know, be deteriorating to your health and also they might not always be there so that's one thing to think about someone with food food um food is good i love food but when it comes to i used to use food as a crutch i used to use food to feel good like i used to go to canes or starbucks or whatever get me a meal thinking i was treating myself really i was experiencing a lot of emotions i didn't want to experience and i would eat food to feel better that's what i did boom so anything that you're doing or using to not feel a certain way or feel anxious or whatever, that's a crutch. 
say what it is. It's a crutch. And that's, that's just what it is. It's not good or bad. It's just a crutch. And the thing is, you have to ask yourself, do I want this crutch to control how I feel for the rest of my life? Or do I want it to control my own life? And if you do, then yay. Um, I guess next thing with anxiety um, and my story is that once I, I had to be aware. Because once you're aware of how you feel, everything else kind of follows that. So I became very, very aware of how I was feeling. Like when I was in large groups, groups of people, people I didn't really know, people I liked, and I would get anxious. I was aware of that. Like instead of me being like, oh my God, I can't because oh my, I'm having anxiety attack. Da, 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 I would just sit there and I would just feel how I was feeling in that moment. Like if I was talking to my boss or having an interview and I was nervous, like I would just feel the feelings, like my heart racing. When I'm anxious, um, I get my breath gets very caught. Like I have shortness of breath, cluttering, it's full on blast. Okay. Um, I stammer. Um, I also, my arm gets a little sore. Like I know, so like when anxiety does rise in me, I can feel it and I know I can feel it. I know what it is. Instead of me labeling it and trying to avoid, I just feel what it is. And I let that just sit in me and I observe, okay, heart racing, boom. Okay. I'm on my heart race. I'm gonna just feel it, whatever, boom. Once you start doing that over and over and over again, anxiety no longer feels as huge over time. Like, it's like constant exposure to things. Like, okay, for instance, um, I think with any kind of, I guess you could say bacteria, it's like our immune system, basically, boom. When you start exposing yourself to like a certain bacteria or a certain virus or whatever, you start to build antibodies. I'm not a scientist. I'm just speaking from what I heard. <laughs> My biology, I was a bio major for a little bit, but... I do know with the immune system, the more you expose yourself to certain things, the more your immune system gets a boost, okay? And it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Anxiety is the same thing. It's like when you start to expose yourself to certain feelings and you don't run away from those feelings, you begin to become stronger with them. They don't go away, but it's like feeling them isn't as impactful, you know? Like with me now, it's like what I am feeling anxious at like a meeting or a job meeting or whatever. I feel what I'm feeling. I let it just sit, but I still communicate. I still try and act like everything's fine. I still do what I have to do to get through that day because I have reached that point. Some people are still at a point where it's like, okay, you feel anxiety and you, and it gets worse and worse and worse. They get a panic attack and that's you. That's fine. Like at least you're acknowledging and you're aware of what's going on. Um, so yeah, I became aware of things. And then after I became aware, I kind of did a lot of research. Read a lot of books, um, listened to a lot of podcasts. Like, I played podcasts 24-7 because I really wanted to get to know and familiarize myself with anxiety. I really wanted to build a bond with it. Like, I was so intrigued. I, I, I was also fascinated because I was like, you know, um, I was like, this is kind of cool because if you think about it, Anxiety is just an illusion. It's something that you're afraid of something you can't really even see. Like, for instance, with me, it's like I would at night, I couldn't sleep. I had insomnia because I was so afraid the next day what could go wrong, what can go wrong at work, 
um, or if my coworkers hate me, like things like that. I would think about it in my head at night and it would keep me up for hours. Mind you, none of the next day is the next day. I don't know. The next day it could have been a, a terrible storm and I probably didn't have work. However, I was up all night thinking that about how the next day could go that I couldn't even like focus on what was happening in that moment. Keyword moment in the moment. So I had to figure out why, like, why is anxiety like this? And what I learned was what I just said. It's an illusion. Anxiety is an illusion. It's something that is a perceived fear. You can't see it. Whereas fear is something that you can see. Like if you were out in the ocean, you saw like a giant whale, you'd be scared, right? That makes sense because you can see it. Anxiety, you don't see anything. You just think the worst. And then like, you're like, what if the worst happens? And then you go on this constant loop. So next thing's next. Um, once I become aware of that, I realized, okay, like my thoughts freaking matter a lot. So then came the whole thing of neuroplasticity and changing the way I thought. So I had to literally write down the things that I thought that were quote unquote wrong with me. Journaling, boom, boom. So I began to journal a lot and I started journaling just to like about my day, how I felt throughout the day and my thoughts. Your thoughts are the key thing because that's the thing that constantly plays in a loop in your head and makes anxiety worse. Cause like what you think of one thought and you keep going on that thought over and over and then you create new thoughts and then that's when the panic happens, right? So my thoughts were, I didn't like the fact that I cluttered. I didn't like, I thought that no one wanted to hear me talk. I thought that I didn't really have a say in anything. And I thought that my thoughts didn't matter. So there, boom, that was how I thought about myself. And when I realized how negative I was towards myself, I was like, damn, like, I really am my worst enemy. Like, if I was a mean girl, like, it felt like I my thoughts were a mean girl to me at school every day. Like, I was bullying myself. You're because it's, it's you're literally bullying yourself. I would never go up to somebody and be like, I don't want to hear what you're saying. I don't want to hear you. You, you're, what you're saying isn't worthy of my time. I would never do that. However, to myself, oh yeah, like, definitely, you don't matter. Shut up. I was my worst enemy. I was bullying myself for years. For years. Bullying myself, right? Terrible. Just terrible. And so when I realized how evil I was being towards myself, I was like, okay, now I gotta fix that because I was being rude. Very rude. So I had to change my thoughts. My thoughts had to change. They had to become better thoughts. So I began to just, instead of like trying to cover the old ones I used to have, I would just say like nicer things to myself every day. Like in the mirror, I'd be like, oh my God, girl, you hot. You cute, girl. You sexy, girl. You sexy, baby. That's how I would talk to myself every day. I'm so serious. Like I look in the mirror, I have no clothes on and be like, oh, girl, you fat. You fat, baby. <laughs> every day. Cause yo, I had to believe them thoughts, right? And, you know, that's a, that's a real thing, though. You um, Google, it's called neuroplasticity. And with neuroplasticity, hard word to say, um, it's basically how you can change your brain 
and how it communicates with yourself over time. Like, for instance, um, it's like learning a new language, basically. Like, over time, you become, you start doing the same thing over and over again, and you can change your brain. You literally change how you think and how you feel and everything about yourself. Like, you could change your whole personality. <laughs> literally. It's, it's true. You know why I know? Because it's, it's, I experienced that shit before. Like, as a kid, and like probably well throughout like high school, I used to be so like talkative and confident and constantly going, going, going. Especially middle school. Oh, maybe I you couldn't shut me up. Minute I got to college, I stopped beating myself. I did. Yeah, crazy. And I was like, oh my god, like I did on myself on accident near plasticity. I changed the way that I thought and about myself over time and it began to change me. So, so that stuff is real. So if you want to change, definitely first start with your thoughts. Um, and then also your body. Um, that's one thing that kind of sticks with me a lot because people don't realize this, but anxiety actually starts with your body. Like, for instance, with me, if I go into a party or, like, a group setting, my worst, I hate, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say I hate, I don't like going to job meetings. I don't like it because it's, like, a whole bunch of people. It's And then my job is so big. Like, it's a corporate, it's not corporate, it's non-profit, but it's tons of people I don't really see every day. And I see them in a meeting and I'm like, oh, God. And then my coworkers, I'm like, we're sitting at the same table, sitting at the same table and we're having to talk for, like, a good half an hour about random stuff. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, I dread that so much. <laughs> so, that, I can feel it on my way to my, my way to work. I feel the anxiety rising in my throat and my chest. So, it starts in my body. I could continue to, like, try to avoid that feeling and then anxiety gets worse. But I choose to just feel it. I'm like, okay. I talk to my inner child. I'm like, okay, inner child. Obviously, getting a little anxious. And that's fine. Like, I let her, my inner child experience that. I let it just sit in me and I let her feel valid. Once I do that, the feeling that I usually get that's really bad, typically it, um, it goes away. I'm being so serious. But that's from practice, though. Tons of practice. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so once you start to feel that feeling... You gotta just let it feel. Gotta just let it go through you. You got to. I know it sucks, but instead of grabbing like that vape pen or grabbing weed or grabbing that drink, just feel it. And I know it's hard. Trust me when I say this, the more you go to crutches to kind of ease that anxiety pain, the worse anxiety will get. It's not because it's because the thing is you're not dealing with it. You're just covering it up with stuff. When that stuff is gone, because it will eventually, I mean, I'm not saying weed will go away. I hope weed stays here forever. But there might come a time where, you know, you might not be able to afford to buy some weed or alcohol or, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You cannot rely on substances to get you through the day. Like, we weren't put on this earth to be miserable. I highly believe that. I don't think God made us... Um, to be miserable creatures so you have to understand that anxiety came from somewhere in your childhood probably 
as you have in your inner child, the feeling that you get of anxiety, like bracing heart, sweating, trembling, stammering, that is your inner child literally screaming at you to heal. That's your inner child. I swear to God. When me and my inner child had a conversation um, about, we, I talked to her. I literally was walking my dog and I was talking to my inner child. Like I was talking to her and I was like, hey girl, like, and I think my inner child from like the trauma that I experienced was like fourth grade or maybe sixth grade, I don't remember. I think it was sixth grade. I'm sorry, sixth grade. And I told her, I was like, hey girl, like obviously we still have some beef because I can't sleep. I'm anxious all the time. Heart's beating fast. Something's wrong. So I'm gonna talk to you. I'm gonna let you talk to me. We had a conversation like for half an hour. Like I was walking with my dog. I ended up crying because I had realized for so long that I had not acknowledged my inner child. And the anxiety I was feeling was her screaming at me to acknowledge her. Once I did that, when I tell you, um, my anxiety, like, not my anxiety, the anxiety I was experiencing dropped down like 80%. I still have my days, but I've been sleeping in the night perfectly fine now. It's a whole 360, I'm telling you. So you have to talk to your inner child and you have to figure out what trauma happened that is still making you experience these tremors traits of anxiety today because it, I'm telling you right now nine times out of ten it comes from your childhood and you cannot keep running away from that because it will eat you alive so that's all I had today I don't want to go too long I'm kind of tired and I have to paint so I hope you enjoyed this episode about anxiety and how it can be a disability but how it doesn't have to be as not have to run your life at all if it ran my life, I would not be right here today talking to you all about it. So I'm going to let you know there's possibility and change. And that's all. I'm also very hungry. So have a good weekend. Or sorry, a good week. It's, it'll be Sunday when I drop this. So bye. Bye-bye.